Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome aboard the National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Hope everyone is having a great day here in America. How could you not, man? you got the World Series going on. You've got... The NBA going on. Well, I don't know if you're watching that crap. You got the NHL dropping the puck every night now. And, of course, you have NFL football. It is game day here. We have a great one tonight. The undefeated Arizona Cardinals take on the 6-1 and Green Bay Packers. It's an MVP display tonight. I mean, look, you got Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers, the defending MVP in the league. This is a great way to kick off the week. And great way to go into the halfway point of the NFL season in week eight. So, no question. Just packed. By the way, also, college football news. Now, before we start, we always have to pay homage to our dear friends. And you know what that is? The people that come aboard each and every single day here on the National Football Show. We thank you so much, each and every single one of you. Joey B., you got it, man. Barrett Brooks is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Birdman, appreciate it. Nick, thank you so much, man. The Noah Flower. Oh, I'm going to get there, okay? I'm going to get there. So, yeah, Barrett Brooks is going to join us. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. Smiley, how you doing, brother? King Dave, man. Yo, 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 as my boy Ice Cube would say, who's been on this program twice already. Steve, thank you. Oh, my God. Steve, I think you segue me into my topic here. Steve says this show is like a flower. Look at that. Way to go, Xander, and headlining it. I feel like a flower today. I feel like a daffodil. And I'm just showing you that being a daffodil in the NFL is one of the most important things that you can really kind of Tell your players in a locker room. Guys, you're all daffodils. You're all tulips. You're all sunflowers in my eyes. I'm going to pour the manure, which is my play calling. I mean, which is our organization all over. And we're going to watch those little seeds and those little tiny roots grow. Here, let, let, let let me go here with you. Nick Sirianni is a national embarrassment. He's an embarrassment. It's one thing to get up in front of the microphone and make yourself look like a tool. It's another thing when you start adding this. Draft him. Don't draft him. Draft him. Rock, paper, scissors. I want to see how he responds under pressure. I'll tell you what, Nick, why don't you and me get into squared circle or get in the octagon, and I'll show you what sense of urgency is, bro. I'll show you what that's all about. Let's get into an Oklahoma drill. You're going to give me rock, paper, scissors. Hey, 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 
That's already embarrassing. Let's add another one. Here, wait. Daffodil, rock, paper, scissors. Watch this one. This is how you, like, put the hot dog in the bun. Look at the care that Kobayashi puts the hot dog in the bun. Then he takes the relish. Puts the re- There's a way to put the relish on. Okay. Now watch when he gets the mustard. Because, you know, no good, no, no good East Coast dude puts ketchup on a hot dog. Watch this, right? Look at the preciseness of the Kobayashi hot dog. Then the T-shirts. Let's go beat Dallas, dog. That you mean? Let's let Dallas beat you down. So here, here's what we have as a list. He's a daffodil. Rock paper scissors is how he looks at evaluating players. You know when they're under pressure. He he motivates people. Nick Sirianni with Kobayashi hot dog motivational videos, and he wears T-shirts around. Let's beat Dallas. Game over. I'm out. Get this guy's ass out of here. (laughs) Hey, man, get this guy's ass out of here, man. What the hell's going on here? Dude, please do me a favor. Don't bring flowers up in an NFL locker room unless I'm laying in on somebody who died. Okay? Oh, he did you hear who died? No, who? Yeah, NFL great. Oh, okay, man. Hey, that's awful. Did you hear your coach called you guys flowers? No, he didn't. <laughs> no, you misheard it. No, he called the Eagle guys flowers. No, you so he called me a tulip? Well, you know what Nick can do with them tulips. <laughs> this is so funny. It's embarrassing. This is embarrassing. He is more. Oh, wait, I got one. This guy's more embarrassing than Rich Kotai. Nick Sirianni is more embarrassing than than Rich Kotai. Rich Kotai will go down as the infamous worst coach in the history of Eagle football. I think we got a new one. I think we got a new one. Hey, hey, and get this. I think he probably means well. But, dude, if you're trying to get the confidence of the guys in your locker room, throwing Kobayashi video eating hot dog videos at players and rock, paper, scissors is how you – hey, is that also how you keep players? Or wait a minute. Watch this. We ain't running the ball today. (laughs) That's how this guy does it. Watch. Hey, hey, am I going to get the ball to Devontae Smith? No. (laughs) Dude, man. How about you said that, hey, we're like marijuana plants, okay? You know what, man? You see the roots growing. Then that bud comes out. Then you got to make sure to sex the plants. Not that I know what we're doing here. Then what you do with Andy, you see that bud, and you're like, look at that sensimia. Holy cow. And then we pass it all around on a tray. We're right there at the link, and we're smoking our ass off. Hey, that's how you go, Nick, not daffodils. You know. You plant a flower, and, well, we're ready to go. And <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a laughing stock, man. I hate to do this to you guys. Bro, your um, football coach and your football team is a laughing stock right now. 
<laughs> hey, wait a minute. Joey, hang on. Oh, hold on here. Yeah, man, what's the next question for you? Any of you guys in the Philly media? Hey, Nick, do you think that that reference about flowers and players in the NFL, maybe not really where you need to be? You ever been to hate Asbury, dude? That's where I get all my writing paper from. Yeah. That's where I get all of it from. <laughs> yeah, man. Are you kidding me? I sit around at the link with a bong in my coach's office and we pass it around. Why do you think we have such a fucked up way of calling plays? Cannonball! <laughs> Why am I doing this? Because it's a train wreck. It's a train wreck. This whole thing's a train wreck. Howie and the owner of the Eagles deserve this. You thought you shit all over Doug Peterson on the way out the door? Did you really think that that was not going to come back to haunt you if this thing didn't work? Rob, appreciate it, man. Honestly, let's be serious here for a second here. Did you not think that this was not going to bite them in the ass? You knew... Hey, right? At the end of the year, at the end of 2020, did we not see that? Hey, guys, help me out here. What was the last game of the year last year when that fiasco went on and it was an embarrassing scene at Lincoln Financial? Who they who were they playing? The, they weren't playing the Giants. Who were they playing? Were they playing the Cowboys? I forget the team they were playing. You saw the players on the sidelines. Sitting on the bench doing this. They were going like this. What the fuck, man? Are you kidding me? How many times did you, hey, did you see Kelsey and all them dudes going like this? Man, are you kidding me? Washington, thank you, Dre. Those guys were sitting on the bench. Remember their faces? I said the same thing. You know what I said? I went like this. Holy hell. They canned the last game of the season. They didn't care. And they put some tool Sudfeld in. I was like, who? It started there. And now it has accelerated to where we are as a laughing stock. The Eagles are a laughing stock. You're worse than the Kotai era. Nobody in that life. Hey, here's a bigger question for you. You think anybody in that Philadelphia Eagle locker room? Let's take the media out of this. Who cares what they think? You think anybody in that? Philadelphia locker room right now, you think they respect what's going on or trust what's going on right now? How could you? Fletcher Cox, by the way, I tweeted out at Dan Cilio show. Teams are calling to see if the uh, Eagles would part ways with him. And if they would pick up some of that contract, they'll take him. Tennessee wants him. Wouldn't shock me if the Raiders also made a play for him. No, the Raiders are interested in the defensive tackle. Mike P says, when does Gardner Minshew get an opportunity? 37 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 63 percentage. Dude, I'm with you, man. I, I think we got to find out, as I said a couple days ago, about the coach, if the coach can coach. We know that his dumb analogies aren't working, and they look really ridiculous in public. Paul says, how he owes me money. I want my $400 NFL Sunday ticket money back. Oh, man. Can you imagine having season tickets to this mess? 
Dre's like we're a laughing stock because the owner and the GM all comes down to them, dude. You guys are dead on. This all comes down to them. Did you not really think, though, that this was going to be a laughing stock? How did you not think this? This is like a laughing stock. The coach with these dumbass analogies. You think you're better looking right now or a better team today without Doug Peterson? See, I'm always a believer in this. When you fire somebody, who are you hiring to replace that guy? Or if you're trading someone, who are you putting in to replace that guy? This is all ego-driven, and it's been driven into the ground. Howie Roseman and the owner of the Eagles, honestly, guys, I don't know how they look people in the face here. I, I just don't know how they I, – I, I have no idea how they could look people in the organization in the face. By the way, guys, do me a favor. Please hit like. We so appreciate it when you do. Hit the like button, man. Hammer that thing away for us. We we so appreciate it. Thank you again. I mean, uh, you guys have been just absolutely awesome. By the way, this is our biggest week, I think, here on the Jacob Media Channel, and you guys have grown this bad puppy, um, and it's just getting bigger and bigger. Hey, I'm going to bury the lead on this thing for Sunday. I think the Lions upset the Eagles 28-20. to 20. That would really put a capper on this entire fiasco. And then we could start to say this. Listen, why don't they lose every game the rest of the year? Let's lose every game. Why try to win? For what? A six-win season and then you're caught in the middle of the draft? Why don't we just really just suck out loud? Why don't we just, okay, put Minshew in. Find out who we have. Find out what players are going to be the guys you want to go forward in 2022. Find out if your coach is the coach. You need to find out everything about your football team right now. Birdman says never give up no matter what. No, the players aren't going to give up. Wait a minute, Birdman. Wait a minute. The Eagles have already shown that they have given up last year at the end of the year against Washington. The players aren't going to quit. The organization quit on Doug Peterson, quit on Carson Wentz, quit on the last game of the year. They have already shown you that they have it in them to quit. Okay? They've already shown you they'll quit. Once you do that, once, hey, once you show that, you can't go back. Once you've shown that you can throw up the white flag, you can't go back on that. The Philadelphia Eagles tanked the last game of last year. That's all you needed to tell me about the GM. Because no GM, like you guys said, in your minds and in your hearts, no GM or coach in their right mind would ever surrender a game, a foot, a quarter, never. I, I would never surrender. I don't care if it's 45 to nothing and I'm owing 15. I'm not quitting. But your team has shown it has quit. Quit on the fans. Quit on the team last year. 
got rid of everybody, thought they'd start all over again. And you guys would forget that. <laughs> oh, man. What a mess. Talking to me about fucking flowers. Panning, planting flowers and manure. And the only thing manure, Nick, is your game plan and the coaching staff that you assembled. Howie, you don't get off either. You're full of shit, too. Whole group is. This is just here. Let me show you how organizations turn themselves into liars. Let me show you this, how, how they turn themselves into liars. Okay? So Tua Tucker Viola is now going to Brian Flores, the head coach of the uh, Dolphins, right? And he's going to him. And here's Brian Flores. Watch. Listen. Tell me if this looks familiar. Listen. Jalen, oh, excuse me, Tua, you're my guy. You are playing better the last three weeks, which he has. We love you. You're great, wonderful. And what is Chris Greer, the GM, doing behind his back? There's a deal on the table that's been reportedly agreed upon by the Texans, and the Miami Dolphins are waiting for Stephen Ross to get some clearance and some clarity from the NFL if he could play or not this year. You know, all those cases that are pending, they're not going to be heard until the spring. So they want to know if this deal is made, that he's going to be able to step in and play right away. So you have one guy lying to Tua every single day, and you've got the general manager behind his back lying. Okay, you know they're after Deshaun Watson. You're not telling the player the truth. Okay? Nick, I think he's going to be part of that package that ends up going to Houston. I think it's going to be part of the deal. Okay? I do. I think that whole thing's going to be part of the deal. That two is going to be put into that. And by the way, you know this. If they trade him now, you know, this, this trading deadline is starting to look like the baseball trading deadline a little bit. And let me explain to you. If you really want to get max dollar, you want to get max return for a guy in baseball, say he's a... Say he's somebody like Nolan Arenado or somebody like that or like a Bryce Harper. You don't trade him in season. There's less people at the table. You trade him in the offseason at the winter meetings. That's where you're going to get more value for your player because there's going to be more people at the table. Personally, if it were me and I was Nick Casario, the GM of the Texans, I wouldn't trade him. I'd eat the money this year, and I would make it up in the package that I'm going to put together with more teams on the table once the season ends and you can start going around looking for suitors. One team, really, for Deshaun Watson? Man, that's not really going to get you the return you need. So I have to really think that we're looking at two ones, maybe two twos and two. They may come down with that. But I'll tell you this, if it gets into the offseason, it'll be back to three ones, and especially – if this whole thing ends up going like this, well, okay, these, these cases got settled. Remember something, too, on the cases. The majority of them, 95% of them, are civil. Dude, you could stroke a check and get rid of this stuff. If you're Rusty Harden and you're Deshaun Watson and you're his team, 
you can make a lot of this go away with settlements behind the scene. And personally, I think that's what's being negotiated and part of this deal, that if Watson goes somewhere, the majority of these deals are going to be, well, I think the majority of them are going to be dealt with with a non-disclosure settlement. And so what did I hear? Only like three of them are like criminal? And nobody's done anything, including, including the district attorney and the NFL? No one's done anything yet. So to me, you can make a lot of this go away. Write him a check. Now, what does the NFL do? The NFL may do this to Deshaun because he hasn't played half the season. They may take that as a suspension. You know, it's kind of been like a pseudo suspension. Remember when Antonio Brown was gone for the year or half the year? I think the league looked at that as half of a suspension. Then they gave him an additional four games. And then they brought him back and he became a functional factor for the Buccaneers down the stretch. I think that's what kind of can happen here. It's going to all depend, like I said, on how Watson's people handle those civil cases. Cassell says, I feel crazy right now. Has anyone been watching Jalen Hurts play the past three games? Dude, he's terrible. But how much is that really of the game plan? Justin says Miami has messed up the value of Tua for being interested in Watson. Completely has. But, Justin, when you put it into a package with first-rounders, you elevate, plus he's, hey, I'll tell you something. Justin, I'm going to make a point to you about Tua Tugaviola here in a minute, okay? But I actually think he's been playing pretty well. Oscar says, Jalen Tebow will be lucky to be a backup. Devontae dropped the first pass. Okay, let me go here now. This, what do you do with the, here. People have been asking me for the last 24 hours, Seals, what do we do at quarterback? What do you mean, what do you do at quarterback? Folks, it doesn't matter what you do at quarterback. Unless you can convince one of these big-name free agents, the draft is shit in 2022. I don't want any one of those guys. Not one of them. How are you going to get Russell Wilson to have interest in you? How are you going to get Aaron Rodgers to potentially have interest in you? You can't do it with the current structure that you have right now in your building. I told you this yesterday. Brandon Staley canceled two interviews with Howie Roseman to become the head coach of the Eagles last year. He said he wanted no part of it. Um, as you know, Tom Telesco has been on this program, the general manager of the Chargers. I'm very tied in. They actually follow me on Twitter as well. All right. I'm going to get Barrett Brooks's perspective on this too. I'm going to get his thoughts. And we will, we will talk with him. And we're going to go back and forth. And we're going to get his assessment on the state of the Eagles. We'll do that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the Cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, sorry about that. I was seeing if it would motivate me. <laughs> Let's see. Wait a minute. I'm going to I'm gonna do something, and I'm going to do a test, uh, a Nick Sirianni test. See if Barrett Brooks is there after rock, paper, scissors. Is he there? Is Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we both need to go work on our garden. That's what it is. <laughs> hey man, I know this. If he wants to play a game of Tonk, I'm good. Hey, I gotta throw right, some right, love right. out. Boo right. Remember Boo right? <laughs> I gotta throw some love out to you, man. Hey man, uh, Loma said to say hi to you, man. He big, big fan of yours, man. That's really my guy, man. Work. That's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Real man, good dude, good. man. Really Real great. All right. Bear, let's get into this. Give me your sense and give me your state of the Eagles right now. Well, <laughs> what state? You know, at this point, they're not even a state of anything. Um, usually after your fourth game, you really know which direction your team is going and what your identity is as a team. I don't know what their identity is. Well, maybe I do know what their identity is. I'm just not ready to, to assume that they're ready to step into that, that identity. Um, 
I, I think that Nick Sirianni wants a quarterback like maybe um, Tom Brady or, 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 or Rodgers, you know, guy that's going to pass for 50 times a game and can execute that. He doesn't have that in, 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 in Hurts. So as a coach, you should find out what you can do to run plays in which help, you know, help, help him become a good player. And at this point, I don't think his development and growth is being stunted right now because, all right, they tried the RPO. We understand what the RPO is, run, pass, option. Well, teams, especially defensive coordinators, get paid all this money to stop plays like that. So, um, you know, they keep running them and they keep stopping because they, they, the defensive coordinator knows, all right, if you slant the end, that means that he's going to have to pull from the running back. So the running back, he's going to take the ball from the running back on the mesh point. So he's not going to get the ball. So it takes the R out of the RPO. Then they're also scraping that linebacker outside and dropping the safety in the passing lane. So now that takes out the P in RPO. So what do you have left is the option. And the option is you want your quarterback to go out there and freestyle. And that's what's happening. His quarterback is freestyling, and he doesn't have designated plays in which he could throw the ball down the field or um, hand the ball off. I mean, give him a break sometimes. You know, he's running RPOs or, you know, a play in which he has to think sometimes. Sometimes it's just good to just hand it off to a running back every once in a while. A play that he doesn't have to think about, then he can just go out and just execute it. They put a lot on this young quarterback. 80% of this team is, 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 I mean, 80% of the offense is built around his decision doing something. And sometimes that's not fair, especially to a young guy who's trying to learn offense and everybody else is trying to learn offense around him. Absolutely. And, and, and Barrett, I'm going to go here. I mean, I'm going to give everybody out there, I think the way, if you're going to bring in a young coach, look at what Sean McVay did when he got the head coaching job in Los Angeles. The most important hire he had was Wade Phillips. He brought know. an experienced guy in there that knew how to scheme and where he could go like this to the former head coach, former defensive coordinator. Go ahead, Wade. That's your part of the team. Until I get acclimated on how I could see all of the team, then I'm going to be able to say, okay, I'm going to make a new hire at the coordinator. Who came up with the idea in Philadelphia that you would do this, Barrett? I got a training wheels quarterback. I got a training wheels head coach. I got a training wheels defensive coordinator. How did somebody sign off on all of that when you have veteran guys who – less than 1,370 days ago, won a Super Bowl. How do you do that in a <laughs> locker room and try to convince people that you know what you're doing? And then we're throwing rock, paper, scissors. We're doing T-shirts. They're calling the guys flowers. I mean, dude, it's an embarrassment right now. Well, Dan, I'm going to tell you this. I was told this a long time ago. Sometimes same thing make you laugh, make you cry. <laughs> I think winning that Super Bowl back in 2017 – empowered ownership, empowered the front office. And at this point, they think that they plugged in Doug and they won the Super Bowl and not Doug and Doug's ability to coach and vibe with his players. So I think they really thought that they could put anybody in that space and they could train him to occupy that space when it's not, that's, that's, that's not true. I mean, Nick Sirianni, he might be ready to coach, but you know, it was kind of damning the last, you know, during the press conference, um, uh, you know, after the game, he said, well, I, you know, I haven't watched much many games, you know, on, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, maybe I need to go back and watch. I'm, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Your defense has sucked the past four weeks. You should have been down there a lot more than even in the offensive side of the um, meeting room. But because you, you're a head coach, you got to dictate what's going on, on the other side of the building also. I mean, he's just at this point, he doesn't know how to really 
relate to being a head coach? You know, rock, paper, scissors, um, dealing with horticulture. That's all <laughs> stuff you need to just leave alone. You know what I'm saying? Just leave it alone. He's a coach. He wants to talk like a coach. He wants to set examples like a coach. He give he's you know he, he's just not that guy, right? He can't do that. So I mean, he's got a. I don't know. Um, I I told I tell people all the time. There's two things that you have to do when you come into a locker room. And you're trying to win players over, especially the older players. Number one, you got to keep it 100 with them. Yeah. I guess he's keeping it 100 with them. And number two, you got to make sure that you can make them better. And at this point, he's not making them better. They're getting worse. Allah, watch what you heard. Um, Fletcher Cox speaking up and saying something. He's not one to say something. He never says anything. But he felt as though he had to step up and say, hey, what's going on? Jordan Malala, the week before that, said, well, it seemed like whatever, you know, whatever we were doing out there, they were one step ahead of us. They knew exactly we were running. I could tell you what you're running. Oh, no, you know they're predictable. Oh, I mean, no question. So predictable. That's the problem, man. It just, it just, it's just too many, too much predictability and not enough putting your, be- your best players in better positions. How about this one, too? I wonder how much shade this gets thrown all over the organization as well. You know, I talked to Frank Reich the other day, and Frank goes, man, we're really happy with the way that Carson's playing right now. He's on pace. Get this, Barrett. He's on pace for 4,200 yards, 26 touchdowns and two interceptions, 65% completion percentage, and 102.8 quarterback rating. That's what he's on pace for with better coaching, better environment, Jonathan Taylor, a better O-line. Chris Ballard believes in him. And to your point about the organization trying to manage the team from the owner's box, man, this is a prime example of really back in your face. You blamed Doug Peterson and you blamed Wentz. There's no one left in the room to blame anymore, Barrett. Ah, da, da. And, you know, I heard you say yesterday, I was listening to the show yesterday, he said, I mean, Lord help us if 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 those three picks, those three first-round picks stay with the, 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 the GM that's there. I mean, your track record is what your track record is. You know, I mean, you are what your what your drafts saying you are, and you know it's not like college. You can go to a JUCO and go get players from JUCO. They try for agency. He's pretty good at free agency. I will say, Howard Roseman, he's good at he's good at putting deals across the table in free agency. But in this league, in the way salary cap is, you got to be able to draft. That's why our, that's why our counterparts in Dallas are doing so well. Their entire team are draft picks, all of them. And they're not afraid of going on one side of the ball and just dictating, you know, what they wanted to do. They were bad last year in defense. They go out and get the best linebacker on the defensive side of the ball. Year before that, they went out and got digs. All these guys are paying dividends. They went out and got, you know, a, a good linebacker in Vander Esch. I mean, they let a better linebacker go than we have in our whole um, team right now and letting Smith go. They're letting wait. They're, they're giving away, you know, how good they are as far as drafting. We can't even get one in the building. It's tough, man. It's tough as a, as a as a analyst to go out there because when you know football, like we know football, Dan, we can sit down. You can't just tell us what's no. going on on the screenplay. You can't just tell us what's going on the defensive side of the ball because we know we've been there before, you know. So when they say stuff, I'm like, wow, they can say that to the general public, but they can't say that to me, and I'm not gonna let that happen, man. I I, I can't allow it to happen. No, and that's why I love you, man. And you're exactly right. I try to tell people why is the defense looking the way it looks, and I go, well, when you're catching because you're not sure what's being asked, that means this, you're a yard off the ball. That means the scrape lane for the linebackers are a yard off the ball. So when you start running the ball, that's what Kansas City did, and you're automatically getting a three-yard head start, no wonder you get 200 yards rushing because your defense (laughs) is guessing and catching the two worst things. And if I'm a blocking old lineman, 
These dudes are catching and guessing, man. Let's run this fucker right down their throat because they're not going to complete the passes. Follow me on this one here, Barrett. This is why I say that we should start Gardner Minshew. And by the way, any idiot out there that thinks that I think that that guy's the future of this team, no, I don't. Okay? (laughs) However, he could expose Sirianni because you mentioned something a couple minutes ago. He's used to Phillip Rivers. He won 11 ball games with Phillip Rivers last year. Yeah. And they did a pretty good job in the playoffs. But let's be real here. Frank's really the play caller and designer of them plays in Indianapolis. It's not really Nick. He's not that really the guy making that. However, if he's not used to constructing RPO plays, let's see what he does in a drop back. This guy Minshew's a drop back guy. Let's see if he can get Devontae Smith. There's 52 other guys buried on that team that we have to find out if they can play going into the 2020 season. I mean, I'm not suggesting in any way, and I don't even know Jalen's good. He may go somewhere else and be a star because better coaching. Here, you put Jalen in Cleveland. I don't know. I might see the same thing that Baker Mayfield does. I don't know. I mean, he they run the ball. He just turns it around. They don't let him do anything on third down. I don't know if Jalen's bad or good, but I don't know if Nick is, and I think that's the most important thing we have to find out moving forward. Do you agree? Exactly. I agree because, um, you know, if you're going to put your coach there, because, I mean, I hadn't heard of Nick Sariani until I heard Rock, Neither Paper, t- Scissors. Neither so, guys, wide receiver coach at San Diego, and I remembered him, <laughs> but that's it. I don't even remember that. So I and and not to say anything about it, man. But I mean, it's it's this results driven league, you know. And what I see right now is a, is is I don't know. I mean, for us to for for this for the Eagles to go in and line up under center and really kick the defense's ass, drive right down the field, running the ball, you know from underneath center, running the ball eight times, six times, whatever it was, and scoring. But then to take that all away, and I understand, you know, your best running back goes out of the game. But that's what them other guys get paid to do also. You you just can't change your whole offensive game plan. And plus, let me say this, though. After they scored that score, they came back the next series. After um after they received the ball, they turned around then and went a shotgun. I'm like, why are you back in shotgun? And then he got hurt the stream, um, you know, uh, Miles Sanders got hurt in the screenplay, and he was in shock. Why are you going back to shotgun when being at the knee center gave you the ability to both run and pass because the defense was on their toes? They didn't know what to do. But then as the game went on, you saw that your tackles are getting their ass kicked. You know what I'm saying? And those are my dude. Lane Johnson's my dude, and Jordan Malata's my dude. But they were getting their ass kicked in the game. So why are you drop back passing it when, you know, your your, your tackles are getting beat? How about this? How about you looking running a ball to your left side? You got a 380 pound um, offensive tackle that's six foot eight. Then you got a six foot six, 350 pound um, offensive guard on the left side. How about we run behind them? Inertia itself. I mean, the mere fact that they're that's 730, 740 pounds coming off the rock. How about that? How about that? What do you think is going to stop that? Nothing. Let them come off the rock, hit them in the mouth, run right behind them. You know, say so that alleviate all that pass blocking them and all that, you know, that fancy pass blocking that they're doing out there instead of, you know, getting hit from run plays. Let them run the ball a little bit, man. Give them an opportunity, man. Get off the line the time to eat instead of just always retreating. Man, I hated that, bro. I hated it. Absolutely. And you know what, guys, what Barrett just brought up here, which is so important? You can make Larry Allen look like shit. You know how you do that? One-dimensionalize your offense. Yes, If absolutely. I know this, right, Barrett? I know this. Well, these guys are going to run the ball, what, eight times? 
I don't care if they get some chunk plays five yards. They're only going to attempt it eight times. I'm pinning my ears back, and you could make a nobody look like Bruce Smith. (laughs) If I know this, all I have to do is get up the field, and I can make that guy step up in the pocket because he's a young quarterback, and he's going to dance around in there. You may just get a covered sack because you've got these guys rolling backwards. I mean, you turn really good football players into one-dimensional players. I don't care who you are. You become predictable, and you also, at the end of the day, really hurt the guys that are really good ball players on your team. Let me ask you this. Do you think Hurts is a player? I think Hurts is a quarterback, but I don't know if he's a starting quarterback now. I don't. I mean, I. I mean, he's he's you a think great. He's like Tyrod Taylor, somebody like that. I, I like Tyrod. Me too. I don't know. I think he's a he's he's a guy that can come in and he can facilitate an offense for for a couple of games. But at this point, I haven't seen him be a step up and be a starting quarterback. And it's that's his fault and a lot of fault of the of, of the of the um quarterback. I mean, a quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator, and the head coach. All three of these guys are trying to make him a better player. And at this point, they're failing tremendously, failing tremendously, man. And I and I put the blame on all three of those guys because you can't come in with an offensive game plan where you're just going to pass the ball like that every single time. Because just like you said, all this defensive line, oh, man, we hunting this time. We're hunting this week. We are hunting this week. They throw the ball. They don't even try to run the ball. We ain't got to worry about it. Usually you have to give a defense, all right, we're going to tackle the run on our way to the pass, on our way to the quarterback. Well, they don't even think that. No, we're going. We're going. They know they got, we're not going to run the ball. We just hunt. We're just going. They don't even think about stopping and, and stopping a run play. And that, you know, that's, that's unfortunate for the quarterback, number one, but it's very unfortunate for the offensive line, number two. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Hey, let me, let, I've got to get to Howie here, and I named all these horrific draft choices. And look, when you get into the latter rounds, as you know, Barrett, you know, you fall into great. I mean, Jordan Mulata in the seventh round, Doug. You're just drafting best guy available. There's no skill to that, man. But when you look at your premium picks, this Jalen Rigger guy, he <laughs> sucks. He does not belong in an NFL huddle, man. He doesn't work for the play. He doesn't help his quarterback. He runs shitty routes. I mean, really, I mean, and it's, it's a nightmare watching it, but because he's a first-rounder, they're going to give him the ability and the accessibility to try to, I don't know, be part of the offense, but – I mean, go back to Howie's selections here. Look at this, man. I mean, this roster, and tell me if I'm wrong. I, I heard he has complete control of the roster. Yes. And he turns it into the On coach. game day also. On game day also. He picks the See, 46. But 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 to me, then, you're setting the deck for failure when you do that. So this is – I get the guys who I'm going to be able to use on Sunday, and this is how I have to put a game plan together. Right. You're trying to win games from the owner's box, aren't you? Right, that's exactly what. And and you look at when you look at the draft, and I think a lot of people in Philly stop even looking at it like that. But like this, but when you get drafted, the first three rounds, you're expected to play. Oh yeah, that year, you're expected to have some type of participation, whether it be special teams or whatever, as a starter or a guy competing for time in the first three rounds. That's that hasn't been that's not hasn't happened in in Philadelphia in a long time, in a very long time. I mean. You know, granted, you know, I mean, the first three rounds are, you know, guys that, you know, that have been gone now. You know, I mean, they had a cornerback from Washington. They they drafted Hurt, thought he was going to be a player. Sidney Jones didn't work out, goes to uh, goes to Jacksonville. Now he's a starter. I mean, there are so many times where, you know, Marcus, uh, Marcus Smith, 
first round draft choice. He was chilling at his house thinking he was going to be a third round pick and he gets called from the Eagles and they draft him because, you know, a run on, on, on defensive ends went through the first round. So they just picked a guy that didn't even expect to get drafted. He wasn't, he wasn't supposed to get drafted to the third round. So he got a surprise call from the Eagles. I mean, those are situations in which, you know, you're setting the player up for failure also because now he has to live with the expectations of being a first-rounder. And, I mean, sometimes that's not cool, you know what I mean? It's not putting the player in the right position either. So, I mean, at this point, I'm looking at, you know, Jalen Rager, and he will always have uh, – Jefferson will always be uh, be over his head because he got drafted behind him the next pick, and he had an all, all-star all year. You know what I mean? He was, yeah. you know, over – seven. like, what did he have, like 1,500 yards, 1,600 yeah, yards? Yeah. Yeah, You know, and, and here we have Jalen Rick getting get on the field. So it's tough, man. It's tough when you go out and you try to evaluate talent and the talent that you're evaluating has not been good. Derek Barnett played, you know, has had every opportunity to stay on the field and play. And although he's got hurt a little bit, the, the results that he's having still on the field are not good. You know, I mean, Brandon Graham, once he left the game, sack production from the ends left. So I think, so I'm thinking to myself, all right, it's like, Brandon Graham was the was the catalyst. You know, he would he would get you know, he would rush the quarterback and almost get there so the other guys can eat. Well, now that he's not there anymore, they don't know how to generate pass rush on their own. So I, I mean, I don't know what they're doing from the defensive end standpoint. Barnett hadn't played. Sweat has one and a half sacks. You're getting production from from your inside guys, but I mean, you want to be pass rushers to be on the outside. You want to get lit up like we got lit up um this last game with the with the uh, Raiders. That's what you want, but we're not getting that. I'll tell you what, and I, and I so appreciate you doing this. You do your show with the middle here right on the Jacob Media channel. By the way, one more question for you here. Do you think, and I've asked Gary Cobb this question. Gary comes on with us every Monday, and I asked him this, and I'll ask you this. You think Nick Sirianni could be a one-and-done coach this year? I, You know what? As far as production, I could say yes, but when I, when I look at why they brought him in here, I'm going to say no because they brought him in – so they could basically make him a coach like they did Doug. They feel as though they made Doug the coach he was, and they won a Super Bowl because of them making Doug that type of coach. So I think they're trying to do the same thing with Nick Sirianni. Does he have potential? At times I see that, but I still see him bugging his head against the wall. So just from from the standpoint that they have to um, they have to eat crow if he doesn't, I doubt if they do. I, I want to sneak this last one in on you here. What happened to Doug Peterson here at the end? Well, they just didn't agree, man. He got tired of these Tuesday meetings. I mean, they micromanaged him so much. You know, he had to, what was your, you know, why did you do this on this play? Why did you do that on this play? I mean, he they end up, I remember two years ago, they beat a Green Bay team that was expected to win um, the NFC. And they beat him, and he came back and had the meeting on like Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever the meeting was with the ownership. And they asked him, well, why'd you run the ball so much? They won the damn game. But you asked them why they ran the ball? What is that? Why are you asking that? We ran the ball because they want to be a passing offense. No, you want to be a winning offense. You want to win games, whatever it takes. So I mean, he got tired of the micromanaging. He had to get out of there, man. That's what it was. Hey, man, don't ever bitch about the process if it results in wins. I don't care. I, <laughs> yeah, hey, I right. used to, hey, Jimmy Johnson used to say this to me, Barrett, all the time. I don't give a shit about technique. Get the dude on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> all day, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you, you know, get him on the ground. Dude, man, I hope you'll do this again. This was a no lot question, of fun, man. man. Anytime, anytime, all right? Anytime you need me, man, I'm there for you, dude. Thank you Appreciate so much, it, Barrett. Appreciate it, man.
You got it. Barrett from the middle, man. I appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. We'll take a time out back to you. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Show. Your boy Dan Summers. This is something you should never want out of your head coach, no matter what level it is. That you feel you have to send a guy a bouquet of roses to brighten his day up. <laughs> I mean, hey Nick, here's some roses, man. <laughs> I don't think I've ever sent dudes roses in my entire life. I'm not even sure I've ever spoken about roses and flowers and shit. I I don't know, man. Hey, Barrett, man, that was awesome. Barrett Brooks from the middle on with us. Do me a favor, guys. Hey, Carlos, appreciate it, man. 
Make sure you hit the like button. Thank you so much. What a gigantic game this week for Carson Wentz. Well, because the Eagles suck. And you let a Pro Bowl quarterback go. What a big game for Carson Wentz. Wow. When's the last time Carson's been in a big game? Got the Titans this weekend. Yeah. Game that matters. You imagine if that dude beats a team that beat the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs in consecutive weeks, gets the Colts back to the 500 mark at the halfway mark of the season, Eagle fans will implode. And then you know what the general manager and the owner will do? Well, that's great for us because then the conditional pick looks like it's really going to... I don't want a conditional pick. I want a fucking quarterback. Having draft picks is for Hollywood Howie. My general manager should not be the most important guy and most popular guy on my team and in my franchise. He should be seen and not heard. All the great GMs. You, do you know that Kevin Colbert never does one in-season interview? Because it might undermine anything Mike Tomlin's trying to convey to his team. That is by design. Formerly known as JoJo. I won't. I like Carson. Big Chris says we need Miami to tank. Don't worry. They're working on it. Oscar says Gannon has the most vanilla defense in the NFL. Yeah, you know why? It's not a penetrating defense or pressure defense. It's that dumbass two-gap stuff that gets D linemen killed. There's not a defensive lineman that's on that football team right now that enjoys playing, including Hardgrave, in that system, even though he's benefiting. Big Chris wants to hire Lewis Riddick. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. Last time I looked, two guys that were hired off the television set, Aaron Boone, uh, Mike Mayock, John Gruden, I don't know. You make your own assessment. Nick saying Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, is laughing all the way to the postseason. Or I guess maybe the flower, Ben. Jeremiah Lee Cox should, should win inside, upside Gannon's damn <laughs> Breaking. Where will the Colts, Colts and fine picks end up if Wentz plays healthy? It'll be a top 10 pick. Oh, right. Well, good point. Okay, so you got to hope that Wentz plays and the team sucks. Well, they're only they're they're at three and four right now. Carlos, I love John Dorsey. I know he's not the easiest guy to get along with. But damn, dude. I mean, Uno, how he thinks he's Mark Cuban? Mark Cuban actually allows his people to be a coach and a general manager. Nick says top 25. I think that's about right, Nick. Oh, by the way, real quick. You know, th this whole thing going on with Deshaun Watson, why would Watson's not going to come to Philadelphia, folks? Don't listen to IP and the fanatic. They're not, they're not going to. They're not going to. Now, you would be a better chance if you want Deshaun Watson. You better pray like hell that that deal doesn't go down with the Dolphins, so that you could maybe get to the plate 
and put your plate on the table in the offseason. You better hope for that. That's the only way you'll be in a conversation to potentially have that guy as somebody where he might be interested because of the three number ones. But at the end of the day, get this. He's not going to be interested with the current structure, the way it's set up in Philadelphia. You know, they took, what was it, 2015, they took the power away from Howie. Okay? Put him in a different role, man. Just get him away from personnel. He wants to be the director of football operations. Fine, but you got to have a guy selecting and a football, like, personnel director that has complete control of the picks. Which says they want too much. Not right now, man. I think the Dolphins could give two ones, two twos, and two of them and get them. I totally think they can. Listen to what Kevin just said there. Look at what Kevin just said. Kevin says Watson wouldn't want to come to this shitstorm. And that player's in a shitstorm. A player that's in a shitstorm wouldn't want to come here to Philly. I'd rather deal with my sexual uh, assault cases in Houston and stay there than go to Philly. How can you attract anybody else to want to come and play there? Makes zero sense. Jeremiah says that's too much for this franchise. Yeah, because you have no balls. And because the GM not going to push his – here, know this, Jeremiah. Not you, by the way. I didn't mean that. You. But he's got no balls. He'll never do that because that will take his star status away on draft night away from him. You know, when you say you're all in, this is what billionaires tell me all the time. You can't have one foot on the beach and one foot in the boat and tell people you're all in on your team. That's how that whole thing in Miami is all screwed up with Tua Tuggaviola. You know, they're telling the player one thing, they're all in on him. But on the other end, the other foot is in the Deshaun Watson boat. And the player and the organization and the team sees that. They all see that, know that. You're not speaking truth. Remember what Barrett said. Dude, you got to be 100% to people. You got to tell people the truth. All players want is just tell me the truth where I'm in the room. Where am I on the totem pole in this whole thing? People just want to be spoken to like a man. That's it. And Miami has messed that up. I think Tua goes somewhere else, and if he gets proper coaching, I think he could be pretty good. He's playing better football right now. By the way, after the first, like, 13 games, he's actually got a better, I think, a better set of numbers than what Baker Mayfield had. I mean, he's got better numbers. Tua's got better numbers than Baker Mayfield. Or as good after 13 games. I don't know. They're winning ball games at Cleveland. If you put Tua in Cleveland, he'd be the same guy. Case Keenum showed you that he's the same guy because they're not asking a lot out of that quarterback. But they're going to need that in the postseason. Quarterback's going to have to make three plays in the postseason. And that's why they'll get knocked out. Big Chris says, who's better, Hurts or Tua? I don't know. I'm going to go Tua because Tua beat him out in Alabama. Common sense, right? Nick Saban thought he was better. 
So I'm going to take Nick's evaluation and say that he's better. What was two of the fifth pick? Two was the fifth pick and was Saban starter that took the job from Hertz. I'm going to go Tua. Mike says this is an organizational problem. Absolutely. You, you, you know what makes this so terrible? Is that they're not going to want to fix it. How do you not want to fix this? Right? We're doing shit wrong here. Okay, we're, 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 doing, we're, we're doing a lot wrong. All right, I'm going to tell you why the Lions are going to win. Also, a little more on this Wentz and this Colts-Titans game. Another guy playing great ball is Derek Carr. This guy's been playing great football ever since, okay, ever since John Gruden's left the building in a way. You have Nick Sirianni's press conferences, and you have Mike Tomlin's press conferences. And they're both in the same state of Pennsylvania. I want to hit on all that. Do me a favor, guys. Please hit that like button. I'll catch you on the flip side here. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mets and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight cares. Go for the game. 
Go for the hit. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Descending Nick Sirianni a bouquet of flowers. So he can plant them in his garden out back at the facility where the Eagles practice. Pick Sills here, hour two. <laughs> yeah, that's what Eagle guys, hey, Eagle fans should show up to Lincoln Financial next home game with a bunch of flowers. Hey, Nick. <laughs> oh, man. This guy's going to get roasted. Hey, good. Hey, can you name me a coach in Philadelphia history or manager that's gotten out to a bumpier start? I mean, honestly, I go back to Rich Kotai. I mean, it's like it, it, it's like Rick Sirianni, right? This guy and Rich Kotai are battling right now. Who's worse? Who, what what guy right now has gotten out to – you know what? I Tell me if I'm wrong. Didn't actually Rich Kotai win nine games one year? I got to look that up. I got to look that up. Hey, and go – no way. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And I got to look it up. I got to – I have to. And – see, because I'm not very smart. Rich Kotai coaching record. Rich Kotai coaching record. Oh, my God. And it can't be. It can't be. And don't tell me that. Here it is. Coaching record. 36 and 28. Hands down. Nick. Nick Flower Child Sirianni. Holy shit, man. Nick, wait a minute. Rich Kotai was 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 8 and 8, 7 and 9, and they fired him? Holy shit, I would take that any day now. Way to go, Ann. I'm taking that back. This guy's got a winning record. Holy cow. Kotai won four games with the Jets, and that's what everyone looks at. Holy cow. That's right. Hey, Matthew, 11-5, man. Actually won a playoff game that year. So wait a minute. Rich Kotai's first two years in Philadelphia, he was 21-11, and 11, and you thought that sucked? I don't. I guarantee you, Flower Child doesn't. Holy cow, man. No way. I'll never, excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, I will never uh, disrespect the name of Rich Kotai ever again in Philadelphia. You could say Rich Kotai's name, but the record really doesn't dictate that he sucked all that bad. I can name you a bunch of Philly coaches that sucked out loud. That's not 36 and 28. I don't know. Matthew's like, Kotai lost seven straight after being seven and two. 
Sugar Magnolia. Flower Power. Nick Seriani. Flower Power. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for Carson Wentz this weekend. Got to root something, right? Got the Titans, and he's taking on Ryan. Oh, think of this game for a second. So you've got the battle of the quarterbacks who were pissed all over by their respected markets this weekend. I was down in Miami at the time when Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback for the Dolphins. You know what I kept saying? Jeff Ireland sucks as a general manager, and he did. Jeff Ireland couldn't pick his nose, let alone pick players out of the draft. He's the guy that asked Des Bryant if his mother was a prostitute. Yeah, that's some evaluating. Hell, give me rock, paper, scissors over that question any day. And Jeff Ireland, he's probably resurrected his career in some shitty-ass organization. But he's the guy that kept telling everybody, oh, Ryan Tannehill, he's not the guy. I don't know. Ryan Tannehill's got the second-best team, according to the situation right now, where they're ranked going into the halfway point of the season in the AFC. And you've got King Henry running the ball, and you just beat the Bills and the Chiefs in consecutive weeks. I don't know about you. That's a pretty damn good football team to be on if Ryan Tannehill has resurrected his career. That's a check mark right there for good coaching in Mike Vrabel. Congratulations to you, Mike. Look what Mike Vrabel did. He resurrected the career of Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill makes $30 million a year. Then you got Wentz on the other hand. What was the, what was the comment today by Frank Reich? Carson's playing really damn good football right now. Oh. Didn't you guys say he sucked? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What a whoa, whoa. How did you not you? I'm not saying this. How did he get to a point where Howie and the owner of the Eagles convinced the fan base that this was a good move? How did the, how did how did how did this land in Philly? Okay, did you hear what Barrett said too? I learned something from Barrett Brooks in the last hour. So Doug Peterson would win games, and the general manager and the owner wanted to know how he got to the win. Who fucking cares? I learned a lesson a long time ago. You know how hard it is to win in that league? Do you know how hard it is to play in that league? When you're talking about beating teams like Green Bay and you're dissecting why you ran the ball here and you're going over game film with your head coach, that's meddling. I would, re I would, I, I would not want, and you know what? After a while, you hate your job. Doug Peterson hated his job in the end because of the general manager. Think of that. The GM ran him out of town. And you made, you know, that story about Jalen Hurts being drafted is a lie. It's a made up story. It's a made up story. It was never true. He was never upset about that guy being drafted like that. 
how he made the mistake of drafting him. He was more pissed off at Howie, Carson Wentz. He wasn't pissed at Jalen. He was pissed at Howie. Why would you draft a player with the second round at quarterback? You could have got Jalen Hurts in the third or fourth round. Why would you do that? Nobody in their right mind. Let me tell you this. Jalen Hurts coming out of the, you know, and into the draft, coming out of college and into the draft. Nobody in their right mind thought he was a second-round pick. Nobody but the Eagles. And what makes that thing even more fucked up, they traded up to that pick. Like he was some sort of dude that had an epiphany that he was this incredible player. You know, when you draft a guy in the second round, you know, that's a big pick. Okay, that's a big pick, man. Hey, I was just talking about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was a second-round draft choice. Jeremiah says how he swears he's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, but get this. His results are not showing that. And you, how long do you get the pass for 2017, dude? Wick says, let's go, Brandon. How, let's see here. Shakur Seals, you think Wentz is that good? Yeah, I do. I do. When he's, I'll tell you this, Shakur, when he's around, Frankie is. Okay, Shakur, I'll tell you what I'll do. Watch this here. You ready? Shakur, I'll amend it to this. When he's around, Frank, yeah, I do. Yeah, he, yeah, he plays MVP type football around Frank. Okay. Lou D says, we got Dickerson in the second, and he really had a good chance of being a star for 10 years. Man, I'll tell you what, man, not, 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 not so far. I mean, the injuries and all. Okay. Availability too, dude. Yeah. You, you, hey, I'll, 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 I'm going to do, how about this? Shakur, too much micromanaging is not healthy for any workplace. That's right. Shakur, I'll, I'll, I'll amend it and put an asterisk. When he's around Frank Reich, yeah, he's a good football player. He's a good quarterback. I don't know if any other coordinator can get what Frank can out of Carson. Yeah, okay. Rico says Philadelphia's newest woke franchise, the Philadelphia Flowers. <laughs> yeah. Dog says, got to disagree, Dan, on this one. Wentz had to go. He ain't built for Philly mentally. He might win big in Indy, but couldn't take the media in Philly. You know why, though, Dre? Maybe. Dre, I'm not saying you're wrong. Not saying you're wrong. But when your organization starts teaming up on you, and they start teaming up on your coach, and they start blaming you for everything, and they don't look at themselves in the mirror. The media, what are what is the media going to take from that? They're going to take the vibes from that, that the front office has given up on them. They think it's all him, and that's all they know. Okay, and then when you combine that with poor play, what do you think people, people, 
a good reporter and good media people will report what they see, not what they think. Remember that. Remember I told you that. Good media people that work in a respected market, they may tell you what they think, but they'll also point out what they're seeing. When you see something, don't let your emotions and your thought process cloud your judgment on what you're saying. Like here, Carson Wentz sucked last year. He played awful. And I'm not giving excuses. I'm just telling you what I see. So your GM gives the sheet on game day and who plays? What the fuck is that? So you're, get this, know this and how the deck is set against any coach taking this job. You don't know who you're playing on game day until you show up to the stadium. Is that right? Okay, so you don't know who you're playing. So when Nick Sirianni or Doug Peterson show up to the stadium on Sundays, they still don't know who's playing. So you could put a game, you're putting a game plan together for players you don't know exist. That's why it looks chaotic. And then you combine that with not having any preseason action for any of the starters. You do it all organized team activity stuff. Guys, it's set up for failure. Jeremiah, thank you. Dude, man, this is no chance to win. No chance to win. Thank you, Jeremiah. Devontae Adams, Pina Tillman, Michael Thomas, Calais Campbell, Rob Gronkowski, all were second rounders. How do you think Hertz pick is anywhere close to this level? Was it the running back in Buffalo, too, a second-round draft choice? The guy who's a Hall of Famer, Thurman Thomas? I think he was a second-rounder, too. Ross says, hey, Dan, you remember I told you? If they win four games, it would be a miracle. You're, you're, you're looking way, 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 way right. William, perfect. Right there, William's right. How can you put a game plan together like that? You know how you put a game plan together? Because your GM's involved in the game plan. And so, does Nick Sirianni have to submit his game plan to um, Howie Roseman every Saturday? So when Howie shows up on Saturday, on Sunday, he goes, here's who's playing? Is that how it works? Man, there's too many levels of this. There's too many levels to this. You think Jimmy Johnson cleared with Jerry Jones? who was playing and who was not playing. You think Bill Parcells cleared it with the Giants and who was playing and who wasn't? You think Belichick clears it with anyone? You think Carroll clears it with anyone? You think Sean Payton clears it with anyone? And he's got Mickey Loomis down there. Mickey Loomis is a hell of a talent evaluator in New Orleans. Philadelphia, you ever got a chance to get that guy? That's your guy when it comes to being the general manager of your team. Fire Howie, get Jeff Ireland from the Saints. George Young and Parcells battled all the time, Smile. Battled all the time on personnel. Remember that line, Parcell type of guy? It used to aggravate George Young, the former general manager of the Giants. 
Even Reese, when Reese was one, running the Giants, he never got in the way of Tom Coughlin. Coughlin won those two Super Bowls because Reese and him worked together on putting talent on the football team. And and and, and there was always something about Tom Coughlin that was, you know what, you know what was great about Tom Coughlin? Tom Coughlin knew you had to build a football team from the inside out, not outside in. Why do you think his number one overall selection and the first pick in the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars was Tony Baselli? Was it some dumbass wideout or running back or quarterback? It was an offensive lineman. Think of that for a minute. The first pick in the history of the Jaguars and the number one overall selection was an offensive tackle who was a damn good one too, by the way. And if injuries didn't shorten his career, he'd be in Canton five years ago. Guy's a spectacular player, and I played against him and loved the guy. Wentz mechanics were terrible, and his BFF didn't fix. Hey, wait a minute. It's fixed now. He's on pace for 4,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, two interceptions, 65% completion percentage, 102.8 quarterback rating. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a quarterback that's right to, right at the ship here. And you're playing against Tennessee this weekend. He wins that game. I don't know about you. Carson Wentz has got his football team, and they're back on track again because they'll be back to four and four. They started out, they started out two and four. Right. Razor, right. He's got a we're here. Razor says he's got Frank now. You mean he's got a good coach? You mean he's got a good coach? Ryan Tannehill. You mean Ryan Tannehill has a good coach? Look at what happens when you go to places and you get better coaching. Look, just just look what happens. Look, look at the way that Jameis Winston is playing in New Orleans. Jameis, you don't have to chuck it down the field. You don't have to throw for 550 yards. You could throw for 210 yards. Get three touchdowns, no interceptions. Jimmy Johnson used to tell me this all the time, my Hall of Fame coach. It's not the amount of great plays you make. It's the amount of bad plays you make that dictate a game. Bad plays will get you beat every day. If you're not making spectacular plays, but you're doing your job, you're not costing your team. Turnover, fumble, pass interference call. All those type of mistakes, pre-snap penalties. All that stuff adds up. Pre-snap penalties, turnovers, three and outs, there's your offense in Philly. There's your offense in Philly. By the way, last year, the Philadelphia offense was a ballet routine. One, two, three, kick, one, two, three, kick, one, two, three, kick. It's the same shit this year. So they have coaching meetings on Tuesdays with their head coach. The GM and the owner have a meeting with their coach. I'd be like, what the fuck do you know? You have nothing to do with me running this team. 
You guys want to coach it and run it? You put your asses on the sidelines. You undermine my status in the locker room when you do that as well. Players don't believe in me. Every single person in Philadelphia knows. And by the way, you know how that tone was set? By those two idiots that played wide out last year. Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffries. They knew they didn't have to listen to the coach anymore because the coach was getting his ass drug up and down the field at Lincoln Financial every Tuesday. How'd you do this? Why'd you do this? Even if you won. Even if you won. Hey, get this. Jeremiah brings a great point up. So let me get this right here. Help me out on this. Everybody that's been around this. Just blows my mind what I'm going to say. So the owner of the Eagles and the general manager of the Eagles gave more autonomy to Chip Kelly than they did to Doug Peterson? Is that right? They gave more autonomy to a college coach then to a guy who won a Super Bowl and division titles. Doug Peterson's personality was too strong for those guys. That's why he wanted out. He said, fuck this. I'll get it. He, you know he'll get a job immediately now, especially after you're watching this. Wow. Chip Kelly who's having marginal success at UCLA and was a byproduct of Oregon football who has done nothing since. Had one season in Philly. Then they did that whole Joe Banner, Nandi Asamoah, Vince Young, and all that shit. Then next year it went south, and everybody knew you can't run 80 plays in the NFL because you don't have but 53 guys on your team. You know, in college you have 100 guys sitting there on your depth chart. In the NFL, you don't have that many guys. You're going to wear your defense out, and that's exactly what happened. They're still feeling that, by the way. They're still feeling that ramification, that Chip Kelly error here. They're still feeling that, all the missed draft picks. Okay? Polly says, Dan, you need to drive up here and coach us. No, thank you. I don't want the job. I don't want to have to. Polly, it's not a job. Hey, Polly, it's not a job. You got to listen to shit from people. Do this, do this. This is what we like. This is what we want. This is a, no, 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 no. Here, guys, I'm going to show you what they do in Philly when it comes to hiring people. They hire talented people. And have you ever worked in a business like this? Let me go. Okay, I'm in, Polly. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm in. How many times have you seen this? And this is in broadcasting, this is this happens all the time. Guy will have great ratings somewhere, or her will have a huge show somewhere. And what happens? The person that owns the platform or owns the station or TV station, they try changing you immediately into what they want. And what they do is they undermine why they hired you, which means they undermine themselves all the time. Why'd you hire the guy? Now he's just... This is what happened with Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni's not an RPO coach. He's a traditional seven-step drop guy. 
He had great success last year with um, Phillip Rivers. But what they've done is they've tried changing him because the general manager and the owner want to style a certain way. They don't want to run the ball. They want to chuck it down the field because they believe that's what puts your asses in the seats. That's right there why they want that kind of style. They believe big offense puts you in the they don't want the cloud of dust type of offense. By the way, you know that offense that uh, Carson Wentz runs now? And that offense that is in Tennessee? They don't want that kind of offense. They they want an air raid offense like you see in Kansas City. They, they want something like that. And they were hoping to get something that kind of resembled what's going on in Baltimore with Jalen. And now that they've come to the conclusion, there's really only one guy that can run an NFL RPO offense. Who is it? You got it. That guy's butt sits in Baltimore. You think Kyler Murray takes off and runs the same kind of way that Lamar Jackson does? Lamar Jackson runs fuckers over, man. Kyler doesn't want to get hit. Lamar's going to run you over. He's the only guy I've ever seen that runs an RPO that is effective enough in the NFL to win games. That's who that guy is. All right, I'm going to take a time out here. I want to look at some of the other news in the NFL. We'll get right back on everything we're saying. I so appreciate everybody coming aboard. Do me a favor. Please hit that like button. We'll be back here in a second here. Keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Football show, King Dave. Lamar's your MVP. Oh yes, he does, doesn't he? Oh, he's at the conversation for my most valuable player award this year too. He does. He does have an MVP. By the way, to be an, a great MVP game on tonight, the reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers versus a guy who's the leader right now with a seven and zero Arizona Cardinal team. I'll get into that here in a minute. Show you what one guy can do changing the culture around, huh? Right? Show you what one guy can do. Kyler Murray just changed the whole culture. Joe Burrow just changed the whole – Joe Burrow changed the freaking culture in Cincinnati? King, Hey, King Dave, so you know how I run as a show here. I said that Lamar Jackson would be out of the NFL in five years. I am the biggest fan. He and I kind of go back and forth on Twitter. I am such a fan of his. He's a South Florida kid. It aggravates me to this day that he's not a Miami Hurricane. So he knows this. I love that guy. He's so smart. He's so dedicated. He's such a brilliant athlete. His brilliance on the field is constantly on display all the time. He is a baller, dude. He's a freaking baller. Man, I love that kid. What a great athlete. What a great leader. You know, I mean, yeah, you know why he responded to me? Because somebody posted something racist on his Twitter because it's the way he looked in his dress and his gold teeth. And I was like, what does that have to do with character? That has nothing to do with character. I mean, you look at a book and you gauge a guy without talking to him or watching how he handles himself. You see Lamar on the playgrounds of Baltimore with inner city kids who have nothing. They don't have shit. And there he is, a guy who's in the middle of negotiating a $180 million contract with Baltimore. And you know what he's doing? He's playing defensive back for inner city kids. I'll tell you something, man. If that's not an inspirational dude, there's nobody you could throw at me that's any more inspirational than that. That is such a phenomenal thing. I admire him. I love how he handles himself. He says, if one kid sees me doing it, maybe it'll inspire him. And I think, without a doubt, this guy means every cent of what he invests when he goes to those inner cities like that. I admire him. I love watching him play. I love watching him at the podium. Had a shirt on. Nobody cares. He's right. Nobody cares. You know that in all your lives. You think anybody cares about your lives? Nobody cares. You got to do shit yourself, man. Nobody's going to give you anything. 
Kevin never forgot where he came from. It, it, King Dave, it is. And I, I went like this. What a racist comment. And Lamar goes, thanks, Big Sills. And I said, dude, you're an inspiration to everyone. You're an inspiration. I say it's a racist comment. You judge somebody by the way they look and their clothing. It's racist. I'll have none of that. He's he's great for sure, but you sound like a homer. I am. You South Florida kid? I always root for South Florida guys. You guys root for Philly guys? I root for South Florida kids. Yes, I am. And by the way, there's another thing. If it happens to be Italian, hey, I'm all over him too. Oh, yes. You see, I'm not – just remember this, Stephen. I'm not a journalist. That's like calling me an asshole. So I'm not a journalist. Okay? Speaking of this, let me, let me, let me, let me get – before I get back to where we were. So Nick Sirianni and his flower child comments versus Mike Tomlin. <laughs> Man. Two coaches in the state of Pennsylvania can't be any more different. And the distance between – wait a minute. The distance between Philly and Pittsburgh is shorter than the distance between Tomlin and Sirianni as people. You, you can't be any more different than how you see things. I just absolutely love Mike Tomlin. He's my favorite coach. See, Mike shouldn't have took that as an insult, though. USC is not going to be a cheap job, Mike. That's a $10 million a year job. You make nine now. We all know that, okay? You're the head coach of the Steelers. It's one of the greatest jobs in all of professional sports, if not the greatest job. You're not getting fired in Pittsburgh. They don't fire head coaches. Name me the last head coach that got fired. I don't even know who it was before Chuck Knoll. I couldn't tell you who that guy was. Because it happened over, like, 50 years ago. Think of that. Half a century ago is the last time they fired a coach. Can, can you put that into perspective? It's been over half a century. The last time the Steelers fired a head coach. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, I know, man. Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Kevin says, Dan, be careful. Nick's Italian, isn't he? Nah, he's more of a northern Italian, which makes him more of a French guy. You know, more maybe possibly from French or from France. Maybe, you know, maybe he's got some French blood in him. Big Seals, I don't know, man. I'm more like in the southern boot area down there. You know what I'm saying? He's, he, I, I think he's more like, I think he's more of a French guy. I don't think he's Italian. <laughs> Uh, he's more of a white sauce guy. Big Seal's a red sauce guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, not a that guy ain't Italian. Okay, he he's Portuguese or something. <laughs> anyway, the guy ain't Italian. He's a northern Italian. <laughs> Jeff, you said that. I can't get in trouble, dude. Well, well, whatever. <laughs> Probably, hey, oh, my God. Wait a minute. That's a great one. Hang on here for a minute. Here. Do you, so you don't think – you think Nick Sirianni's a wine guy or a beer guy? You think he drinks wine or beer? This is a great Cabernet. 
you know it's from the Napa Valley area. And let me help you out on when you're selecting wines. You see, if you get it from the eastern side of Napa Valley, you know the hills, there's more sunlight on the grapes. On the other side, there's less sunlight, which means it's a cheaper wine. I had a guy explain that to me when I was at Raiders camp. Okay, <laughs> wait a minute. Razor says he's a wine cooler guy. So he's a mojito guy? <laughs> Nick Sirianni drinks mojitos and plants flowers? Great. Great. You sure don't plant game plants. He's a mojito drinker. Holy cow. <laughs> wine. Yes, you know that uh, cake bread Merlot or the duck horn. Try it. It's really tasty. Or Cabernet could be good, too. He says, hey, no, no, no. You see, hey, get this, a hey, East Candom for life. Let me tell you what kind of champagne my grandfather drank. You ready? My grandfather was an Aste Spumante guy, 1999 on Christmas Eve. He would drop a little, like, uh, sugar, uh, sugar cube in it, right? Put a little OJ in it and go like this. My pop goes like this, champagne, get the Aste Spumante. I go, Dad, it's 1999. I don't think I'm paying 50 bucks for like, what do you think? That 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 fancy stuff? No way, baby. We're getting us some Aste Spumante. Oh, we had cases of it. I guarantee you my aunt's laughing her ass off right now. We had cases of Aste Spumante. Hey, break out the liquor. You mean the Aste Spumante, Dad? Yeah, and the Seagrams. <laughs> oh, man. Captain Jack. <laughs> we had some winners down there, man. My grandfather never had to worry about me raiding the liquor thing because we had Aste Spumante, Captain Jack, and like Seagram 7. I'm like, ugh. Oh, and, and the beer was Ballantine. This is a, hey, those of you listening to me right now, unless you're on the East Coast, you probably don't know. Schaefer Beer and Ballantine. We're the beers of choice in our house. Miller High Life, because the Yankees had it on the TV set all the time. <laughs> yeah, this show is brought to you by Miller High Life, the halftime show of the New York Yankees. Oh, good night. Yeah, Suriani's a white wine spritzer, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ballantine beer, baby. Smiley. There you go. <laughs> oh man. Try some Uzo. Hey. Uzo's all right, man. Seagram's nasty. Nasty. Oh. So we got three picks in the top ten. Watch this. So what? So what? God, guys, I hate to do this to you, man. Three fingers. I don't. That's right. Ken, Ballantine for you? I'm all right with Ballantine beer. I'm not all right with the guy that's going to be making your picks, though, in April. Who are you going to take? Who, do you, who would you say right now that Howie Roseman, what position do you think he drafts? With those, That's a great topic. You guys know his history more than I do. With those three picks in the top ten, name me the positions you think he goes after. And I'll tell you what he should do. Number one priority on the team.
in the draft because, by the way, in the draft, O-line, Iron City. Jeff, you're going to put one of your first-round draft choices on a quarterback from Liberty? I'm out. Nick says, edge rusher, cornerback, D-line. Punter. <laughs> hey, Polly. Yes, with that GM, punter. Okay. Bobby says this. If not QB, O-line, D-line. I have linebacker, cornerback. I'm not going to waste the running back. Get this, because I'm going to pull the Parcells line on you. I'm not going to draft a running back in the first round with these, especially top 10 picks. So I got to take that off the board. So what I would do is linebacker, cornerback, edge rusher. That kid from Oregon. Inside linebacker, cornerback, edge rusher. Those would be my picks. I am not drafting a quarterback with my first three picks with that group of kids that are coming out of college this year. Absolutely no way. That's overvaluing the player when you're looking at the value of the pick. Okay? I am not going to overvalue the position. And that's what happens at the quarterback spot all the time. Hey, I'm telling you, B, that kid from Oregon, man, what's his name? Thibodeau? That kid can freaking play, dude. Jeff's saying I'm – he's saying that how he's going to draft. And that'll be the demise. And you know why? But, hey, Jeff, do you know why he drafts a quarterback? Why do you think he drafts a quarterback? Because he doesn't want to take the owner's money and pay $38 million a year for a quarterback like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. He wants to do it on the cheap. Because that's how he knows how New England and Seattle were built. I'll continue this conversation. I'll tell you why he won't spend money at the most important position. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. 
call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at mesalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the Cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Dan Cilio, National Football Show. I, 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 and look, see the, um, it's one of those coded baseballs. You see the little thing on the top there. I didn't realize it said Bud Selig's name on it still too. And one of my dear friends signed it for me. Ozzy Gann. I hope he gets the job with the Padres. He's got that little code on the top there. I never realized it. I love Ozzy Gann, man. I thought he'd go fuck himself in a I thought he'd go fuck yourself in a minute. I just <laughs> big fan of his. Oh man. Yeah, here, here, here's the here's the blueprint. And this is what we were talking about in the previous block. Here's the blueprint that you guys should be talking when it comes to the approach of the upcoming April draft. Okay. Jeff, thank you very much, man. Best sports show on the internet. Keep it up, Sills. Dude, that's great. By the way, Jeff, if you can, guys, do me a favor. Um, Please like the show. Share it a little bit later. Also, if you want, you can follow me over on my Twitter, at Dan Cilio Show. Um, thank you so much. Rico, thank you, man. It's really cool. You, you guys, here, I'm going to go back one more time and tell you guys this. I'm going to tell you a secret. Do you know that I stopped? Oh, my God. Hey, Xander, this is for you. Because of all the snowflakes in California, I stopped taking calls. I did. I stopped taking calls. But when I was on the East Coast, I'd have, like, like the football fans in the state of Florida, they're pretty smart, especially the college kids and the college people, Gators, Knowles, Hurricanes, then the Bucks when I was in Tampa. I was there for 15 years. Really smart football fans. Really smart, you know. Baseball, kind of, not the best. Basketball, zilch, unless you're in Miami, and that's fair weather. 
Orlando's a little more passionate because it's the only thing they have in town. Now there's a soccer team there. But, man, I used to talk to folks like that all the time. They were smart. Here's the, you know, my aunt says this all the time. This show here is the only place that I interact with people. You'll never see me interacting anywhere in radio because most people are dumbasses that get on the radio. Stupid takes. Goes nowhere. They put my show in a guardrail. I don't talk to them. More me, less of them is 10 times better on the radio. That's why radio, I don't really interact with folk because they're dumb. Hey, man, so so this is all Howie's fault. Okay, well, yeah, and you're like the 80th guy that lined up at the ice cream stand, dude. That's already said that. Get the hell out of here. We already know this. Tell me something I don't know. I want to know where we're going from here. I don't want to keep talking about the shit we're in. That's like sitting on a Titanic boat going like this. Well, we're sinking. Well, we're sinking. Well, we're sinking. No shit, dude. What are you going to do about it? There's only so many headboards that Rose can sit on. We need to start working here. You know what I mean? We need to start working here, dude. We need to figure this thing out. Okay? Well, it's it's broken. No shit. I like that, Paul. D-E. Offensive tackles. My draft D-E. Hutchinson. Hey, Razor, is that that kid from Iowa? I voted for him for the Outland Trophy. One of my top three. Dan, looks get Bayless. <laughs> right? Dude, man, that, that guy needs to – you cannot have that general manager making draft picks for you next April. Michigan, okay, you cannot. Because here, watch this. Xander, I'm going I'm to tell Xander to do this. Guys. I'm not going to come on here on the National Football Show if I don't have anything new to say to you about these two guys, the owner and the GM. So one day I'm going to talk to Big Joe and Krause Jr., and I'm going to put my show on a loop because I'm getting sick and tired already of saying the same shit over and over again because that organization is not going to do anything about it. That owner, quite frankly, doesn't care. Okay? <laughs> Shut up. Xander's like, next. Really? Ugh. Zzz. Zzz. Right there, folks. I reeled one in. It's called a Xander fish. <laughs> Zzz. 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 Even how he reeled them in. Zzz. <laughs> Next. Oh, really? <laughs> what the hell does he care? He'll be in the key soon anyway. <laughs> oh, man. I cannot make your draft choices for you. Oh, raise holy hell. And by the way, I keep having people do this. I'm going to boycott the Don't boycott. So I wouldn't boycott lobster or scoongeal. Because some guy was an ass. 
I wouldn't do that. I love those two things. If you love your Eagles, man, why would you boycott it? Right? Why would you? A couple games this weekend. Steelers. We got the Browns. We'll find out. Baker. You see what Baker's doing? Yeah. I, I feel I have to play. <laughs> oh, really? Why would you make that public? Why don't you just play? He's a big fan of telling you what he's going to do and not what he can do. He's a big dude on that. Well, I know I take a lot of criticism. Who's talking to you? Is somebody in your ear doing that? Or is that your wife doing that? You know, I mean, who's, who's talking to you like that? That, that soft-ass Cleveland media? You know, I mean, Baker Mayfield, I mean, it's over 50 starts. Case Keenum came in, I went, I don't know, doesn't look like anything different than what I've seen. Watch the Steelers upset him because Mike Tom is a better coach. Watch. Just watch. By the way, you want to see another place besides the Eagles that are killing their quarterback? Take a look at Chicago, what they're doing. Remember when I said right here on this program and everybody around the NFL said, don't start fields. Don't start fields. And everyone's like, get him in there. We need him in there right now. Get Justin. I'm like, do not. You don't put an athletic quarterback in. In front of a horrible old line. You put an experienced quarterback in the game. Why? Because guys like Foles and guys like Dalton know when to get rid of the ball. They see pressure, they're going to dump it. Chicago fans are going to scream, but it's still the right thing to do. They make the right plays. This kid, Justin Fields, is running around with his head cut off. He, he, remember, hey, by the way, remember when that guy was saying, well, you know, the NFL game, it really looks slow to me. I think you'd like to have that comment back, huh, Junior? Game looks slow to you? I'll tell you what, every game I watch you play in now, you look like you're about to get killed out there. King Dave, I said this on draft day. People on this channel even were saying, this guy Fields is great. I'm like, when the first thing you say out of your mouth to me is that he ran a 4-4 in the combines, my first answer would always be is this, so? I don't care. They're killing that kid in Chicago. He, would he be better in Cleveland? Yeah, probably. Got a running attack. He suffers from the same stuff that Jalen Hurts is suffering from. No running attack. Limited playbook. Stupid RPOs that Matt Nagy doesn't know how to construct the same way that Nick Sirianni, Flower Child, doesn't know how to construct those RPOs. Barrett was right in the last hour. The only thing you have that's left that resembles an RPO offense is the option. Defensive coordinators have picked that up immediately and now game planning it and made you into a one-dimensional offense. Same thing that's going on in Chicago. It's all one-dimensional. It's it. Let me let me say this to you. I watch the game like Barrett does. We watch the game differently. We watch it for trends 
and for things that become habitual. You, the offensive line for the Eagles looks terrible right now. It's because the quarterback and the offensive coordinator don't let the um, don't let the people run the right offense. They just don't. So, anyway, guys, do me a favor. Smile. Thank you, man. Everybody, please hit the like button on the way out the door. You guys have been spectacular again. Barrett Brooks from the middle, man. Thank you so much for coming aboard, man. I hope we get to do that again. That was a lot of fun talking to you, big horse. Thank you so much. We'll catch you tomorrow. And by the way, don't forget any other stuff that we have on the Jacob Media channel. It's right there for you, too. We'll be back with you tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern. It'll be a football Friday. Enjoy the game tonight. I had the Cardinals upsetting the Packers tonight. And Kyler Murray, how about this? Gets to the halfway mark of the season at 8 0. What an incredible story that is. We'll catch you tomorrow on a football Friday. See you on the flip side. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.